In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who gives us our sign. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the question for this morning is, what is your sign? Which, I don't think that question gets asked much in this way anymore, but it used to get asked quite a bit. And people were asking you, what was your astrological sign? And, uh, you know, kind of that idea that uh, according to the time of year that you were born, that that meant something about your personality. And so, you know, I would always answer, well, I'm a Pisces, and so that means I'm a fish. Um, and, and, and according to all of the astrological people, that meant that, um, you know, I, I was calm and I was spiritual, and I guess that's why I'm in this job, huh? Amazingly, not all of my other pastor friends were born in March like I was, but, you know, we'll figure that out. But our signs actually do mean quite a bit to us. We have signs that uh, really kind of invade our world. You don't have to look very far in order to find signs, in order to find symbols, in order to find things that are supposed to be little tokens of meaning. That are placed all around us. In fact, one time while I was in my undergraduate training in Nebraska, my communications prof challenged us one week to take a roll of duct tape with us and to cover up any sign that we had on our clothing for a week. It was amazing how much duct tape I had to put on my body in order to cover up all the signs that I just freely wore to symbolize all of the stuff that was on my clothes, whether it was a brand or whether it was some other kind of symbol that was supposed to tell you something about who I was. Well, it's interesting, these signs, and I've always been kind of drawn to signs and symbols and things like that. In fact, when when I was a kid, I used to think that the best part about being an adult was that I would be able to grow up and I would be able to finally design my own coat of arms. And I had these these ideas in my head. Well, what was it going to look like? What were the symbols going to be that were on my coat of arms? And occasionally I'll ask people that question. You know, if you were going to design a coat of arms, what would you have on yours? What would tell people what your family was all about? What would you tell people that you were all about if you had to design some kind of symbol that would say everything about who you were, or at least the most important things about who you are? So what would be on yours? As you start to think through that, what would be the symbols that you would put on your coat of arms. If you're somebody in here with tattoos, what would you get tattooed on you? What are those symbols? What are those signs that have special meaning to you? 
as you think through those things and what might show up, it's an interesting question. Because one of the things about having those signs and those symbols attached to us so that we actually get to a place where we say, that is my sign, that is my symbol, that says something about me, is that it automatically means that you kind of mentally have to start living up to that sign. That there is this symbol out there, and maybe nobody even knows about it. Maybe it's a tattoo that you have under your ribcage, and nobody sees it, but you see it in the morning when you get out of the shower, and you know, okay, I have to live up to that sign, because I paid the money to get that poked into me. And sometimes that's a little bit disconcerting because we know that we don't even live up to our own signs. There's a theologian named Martin Lloyd-Jones that says, in order to convince somebody that they are a sinner, you don't need to tell them anything about the Bible. All you have to do is to have them mentally imagine that they are walking around their entire life with a tape recorder hanging right here. And that their only job in life is to live life according to the things that they have said and that that tape recorder picks up. Because we're bad at this, right? We're... Bad at living up to God's laws. We're even so bad at it that we're bad at living up to our own laws. We're bad at living up to our own symbols. Which is one of the interesting things about this sign that we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks. This sign that Martin Luther designed himself as, well, he said, as his summary of theology. So Martin Luther was kind of doodling around as he was, I guess, translating the Bible, and he wanted to take a break, so he would doodle around, and maybe, you know, he came up with a few of these different elements. And he got to the point where he said, this is it. This is the sign. This is the thing that I am going to say that is me. And he came up with a sign that is kind of the most enduring sign of all Lutheran signs. This Luther's rose. But it has more than a rose to it. It has a heart and it has a cross and it has a gold ring and it has a field behind the rose. And all of those things are meaningful. But the most meaningful thing is the thing that is at the center of it. But the great thing about Luther's sign is that none of those things are things that he's living up to. As he explains out what all of those things are, he explains all of them as gifts that are given to him. They're not things that tell him what to do. They're things that tell him what has been done. And at the center of that sign 
is the cross. The center of everything that God has done for him. And the way that he writes it is that the cross is the thing that is at the very center of the heart that sucks in all of the sin, that sucks in all of the suffering, that Christ, when he dies on that cross, that he sucks in death for himself so that we don't have to worry about it. And all he leaves there is the sign of that suffering, of that death, of that evil, of that sin. But this morning, Jared here is going to get confirmed. And as he gets confirmed, he's going to receive a sign. If you listen and if you watch to the process of the confirmation, what's going to happen is there is going to be a point in time where I dip my finger into some oil and I smear it on his forehead in a sign. The sign of the cross. Because no matter what your other signs are, Jared, no matter what the things are that you imagined in your head are the things that are meaningful to you, that sign is the sign that shows that God loves you. We read that gospel reading this morning, and in that gospel reading you have this kind of dichotomy between the two kinds of plants that are growing up in this field. And one of the things that you don't really hear much about is, well, how did these workers know what was a weed and what was a wheat? And... If you look into it, they actually think that they've figured out the kind of weed that grew up. And it was a kind of weed that looked like wheat up until a certain point. And at that certain point, it displayed a difference. And that was when the workers knew, well, that's a weed, that's not wheat. Which meant that wheat wheat had a sign to it. A symbol, something that you could recognize. You could say, that is it. Jared, today, for the second time in your life, the first time was at your baptism. Today, for the second time in your life, you're receiving that sign on your forehead. And we look forward to celebrating that you are receiving that from God along with you because we all have that sign as well. So now, may each of us hold tightly to the sign and symbol of the cross that is on our foreheads and on our hearts, especially if we're baptized. And may that sign remind us that we have been redeemed by Christ the crucified. Amen. Please rise.